0: Lord, to be gathered together in your presence and to hear your word. I yield myself as a vessel of honor for you to speak through this morning. Speak comfortably unto Zion. Your thoughts towards us, they are thoughts of good. You have best intentions for us. Lord, let that come to fulfillment in our lives, even today, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, I leave my heart to share with you a topic of called living triumphantly in the end times. Living triumphantly in the end times. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Living triumphantly in the end times. In other words, how to live in the end times. In case you have some doubt whether we're in the end times, I'll just read the Bible for you. It's left for you to now say, oh, actually, this is the time we're talking about. So let's go to Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 to 8. These know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boosters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers. Covenant breakers, break agreements. False accusers, incontinence, no temperance, no self-control. Fears, despisers of those that are good. Do would rather call good evil and call evil good. Traders, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, religious, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive, silly women, living with sins, led away with diverse laws, ever learning, and never able to come to knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning their faith. It's a glimpse of the people who live at the end time. So it's left for you to judge whether they are like there are human beings like this. there are human beings like this, it means we're in the end times. So without much ado, we know we are in the end times. And the end times is a time wherein we begin to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Praise God. The end time mean that this age, this church age is winding up and we will soon go to another age. Actually, in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, 26, the Lord talks about this time, when the time of the Gentiles will have been fulfilled. What will happen? The Lord will go back to Israel. Technically, today, God is not dealing with Israel as a nation. Because they rejected him, the Messiah. When he came, they rejected him, they crucified him. Up to today, they have their own religion, Judaism. But immediately after the translation, there will be going back again to the Jews. Praise the Lord. Many of them will be saved. I know some of them are saved now, but not as a nation times of the Gentiles is fast winding up, yes. and it will wind up completely when the translation takes place. Just get to know that. Do you know that there are seven churches in, in the book of Revelation that God sent message to? the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, there are seven churches named there starting with the church of Ephesus. And ending with the church in Laodicea. And that's the age we are in now, prophetically. If you don't know, that's the last church age. There's not going to be another eighth church age. So this will tell you that settling, the coming of the Lord, is so near. And Daniel, way back in the Old Testament, saw visions of the end times and world empires that will come. And at the end, the Lord Jesus Christ will rule this earth and overthrow all the other kings and emperors. It's there in the book of Daniel, but we're not going to that. So we are the last of the empires. that the revived Roman Empire, in case you do not know. The Papa Roman Empire. That is the time we are living in now. But the Bible also says that an Antichrist will come and take over the rulership from the present government, the present government system. The Antichrist will rule for seven years. And at the end is when Christ will establish the millennial reign. Are you still doubt whether we're in the end times? No doubt. Okay. The title is Living Triumphantly in the End Times because the end times are perilous times. The end times are trying times. The end times are challenging times. We need the grace of God to live triumphantly. We need the grace of God to be overcome us in this end time. Amen? Amen. Yes. And I just want to give you some 10 hints about how to live triumphantly in the end times. Number one, let's go to the book of First John chapter 4 verse 7. First John chapter 4 verse 7. First John chapter 4 verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Amen. Amen. That's one of the first things you need to know. You love God, love fellow brothers and fellow sisters. Even the unbelievers, you need to love them, the unbelievers. Those we often regard as our enemies, we need to love them. It is love that motivates us to talk to them about Jesus. Nothing more. Love. Not so much out of obligation, but out of concern that these ones, if they die without Christ, they are going to hell. And I see reversible. After one has died, there's no prayer you can pray from any other that God will answer. You know, and that person will be transferred to heaven. There's nothing like that. I know that there are some kind of religions, believe. Where they the belief there's a middle place called purgatory. That's not scriptural and that's devilish doctrine and that's what made them in those days, especially during the dark ages to, to sell indulgences if you've ever heard that word. to sell indulgences, you pay a lot of money so that the priest could pray your brother or your relation out of hell to heaven or out of purgatory to heaven false belief. People have been deluded and they still believe up to today. They still believe there is a place called purgatory. deception of the devil. Amen. Amen. Yes. Go by the word of God. So I pointed out to my ones who die after that judgment. That's why you should care so much for your relations who are not saved now. In fact, when I hear somebody has died, first thing I ask, was that person a Christian born again? born again, if the person is born again I will not cry too much because we are going to see that person Amen? But if the person is not born again, you can weep and really weep because that person is lost forever but that should not be our portion it should not be a portion of our relations in Jesus name. So if you love them, tell them about the truth of the word of God tell them about Jesus' love for them the Bible says in Matthew 24, 12 to 13, let's read it too. Tells us what will be happening at the end times. Matthew 24, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many. Did he say love of some people? Love of few people? No. Many shall wash cold. Amen? But he that endures to the end is saved, shall be saved. Amen? Praise the Lord. So it's a time that's very challenging because of what is happening. Even presently some people's hearts are feeling there for fear. Myself, I do worry. I must tell you when I consider. In fact, that's why I, I I listen to less news now. Whatever they have to say, it's always evil news. Evil news. But I take comfort in the Word of God. What does God tell me about what I should do? Does God still love me despite this condition? Sure, He does. I take cons- i take consolation in reading the Word of God and listening to gospel music to edify my spirit. You look at the world, see discouragement, disenchantment. But look unto Jesus. You see, hope, faith, your faith will come up alive in Jesus' name. Love of many shall wash cold. What make to commit suicide? Because of hopelessness, because despondency, because you can't see anything future. But that's not our portion. Cold has become disheartening and question whether God really still loves them anymore. And daily, they, they, they get hardy to waste him and each other. People are saying, does God still care? Not long ago, there were some attacks on Israel, the nation of, of Israel. And so while we're witnessing during our sport program, somebody said, <clears throat> want to do hear. Does God still love those people? His own people. His own people. Can't He see what is happening today? them? Does God still care? Can He still say? Why well, was just going beyond what I came from? I tell you, God still cares. But the people as a nation today, they don't care about God. They don't care about God. They have rejected Him up to now until the time appointed, their eyes will be open. That's why the eyes of unbelievers are closed spiritually. They can't see. You explain this to them, Jesus loves you. They can't understand. Father, I was listening to a testimony of a, a man of God from Uganda. In Steve ministry today, his childhood was terrible. Of persecution, even at age 6, age, age 7, age, eight, 8, 9, 10, persecution from the parents and from the clan, all because he knew Jesus and that God has started so early to speak to him, giving him revelations. So if he went to church and God would just flash revelations about the man of God or the priest or whoever is and then you will see. How come I saw you in such and such a place? How come I saw you in such and such a person? The person will be shocked. <sighs> so several experiences like that, to the extent that they tell the parents, they told the parents, look at your son, it's causing problem everywhere. Anywhere you go problem. There's communication from the community, from the clan, not just from the family. he suffer so many things a lot of death god did god raised him up even even when he was almost being killed god protected his supernatural not once not twice not thrice, several times god still cares amen we are the one that waver we are the one that don't put our trust in him god remains the same yesterday today and forever he has not changed and he will not change amen so it's reliable it's dependable because of coldness of heart usually it happens over time it is vital to daily examine our hearts. Because this coldness towards God does not just happen. One day, I just woke up, I just found cold towards God. No, it has been building up. that has been building up. You begin to question whether God still loves you because of what you have passed through. Did God love Abraham? He allowed him to, for 25 years to keep on waiting for a baby? Did God love him? Of course. God does love him. That's why we has told to tell about Abraham today, because of God's law. So, let not your heart be troubled. Love God and love one another. Self-examination is best carried out by reflection on the word of God. The word of God is like a mirror. The word of God is a mirror. When you look at the mirror, and many of us did look at the mirror this morning when we were coming, to see if there was any spot on our face, no, that your dress, whether it's very okay, you look at the mirror. That's how we should continually look at the mirror of God to extra ourselves. If I tell you, say, brother, you are so good. You are so good. You are so humble. You are so kind. You are so gracious. You love God so much. If it's me telling you that, I'll tell you, please, don't just say you are good. Go to the Word of God and see if God confirms that confession. Amen? Because man can say you are good, and in eyes of God you are not good. We've just studied the uh, seven churches, you know, online through the clubhouse, and we we'll see different messages God sent to the churches. Message of commendation for some who deserve commendation, a message of condemnation or an appeal for them to repent where they have missed it. You see, that's God. You don't just say it one way. He tells you where you have missed it. Repent. And we also commend you where you have made it good. Every one of us we have strengths and weaknesses spiritually. It's good to examine ourselves and build on our strengths. And ask God for mercy concerning our weaknesses. Amen. We need to do that from time to time. Don't let any pastor come and remind you before you do that. Number two. Live by faith and not by sight. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. There's one song that says, We walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 11 says, say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you want to please God on daily basis, you need to exercise faith. That absolute confidence in what God has said concerning you, that is faith. Just complete trust. God has said this concerning me. God says he will do this for me. Believe him. He works are reliable. He works are bankable. Amen. Amen. Yes. Live by faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5:7. The just shall live by faith. We don't walk by sight. Circumstances. If, the, if everything is looking good around me, the sight is okay and all that, then I'm happy, then I'm joyful. No then if something goes contrary my joy goes no the joy in me the joy in you is supposed to be everlasting is like a stream of water springing up into everlasting life unending irrespective of situations and circumstances we need to live by faith we walk by faith and not by sight we walk by faith and not By sight, we walk by faith and not by sight. We got to live by faith every day. A man of faith was Abraham. A man of faith was Abraham. A man of of faith was Abraham. We got to walk by faith every day. Without faith, we cannot please God. Without faith, we cannot please God. Without faith, we cannot please God. We got to walk by faith every day. We need to focus on God's word rather than on day-to-day events that are always disheartening. Thirdly, live knowing the word of God, the Bible. The Bible is necessary to mention it because of the of the foundation or church history where the church is coming from or the church, where the church has come from. Way back in the dark ages, it was. A forbidden book. This Bible was a forbidden book for anybody called the lady. You are not a priest. You dare not own it or read it or study it. If you were caught with it, you could be punished or excommunicated. Something could happen like that. That would tell you how dark it was really, spiritually, at that time. They hid the word of God from the people and they taught them catechism and misled them. That is how... Many people have been brainwashed. They don't know the word of God today. They could be doctors, professors, engineers. But because of the system they have been brought up in, they don't know the word of God. So it's necessary that I remind you, even though we don't claim to be of that denomination of that church or whatever, but we need to remind ourselves to know the word of God. If you don't know the word of God in the end times, you may be deceived. Because the Bible says, or Jesus said, that in the end times false prophets and false teachers will arise. How will you know them when you don't know the word of God? So you need to know the word of God. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 tells us that we should study to know the word of God. Amen. Study so that you not be ashamed. When you testify about the goodness of God, you will not be ashamed of the word of God. Gets to know the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 2 Peter chapter three verse seventeen Tells us to be on guard. Be on spiritual guard. Some believers will depart from the faith and follow deceiving spirits. Nature does not allow vacuum. When you don't have the Word of God and there is a vacancy there. Of course, false teachings and there are all kinds of talk will come in. The pure word of God becomes scarce, especially in the end times. If you read Amos chapter 8, verse 11, let's read it. Amos 8, verse 11 tells us something about the word of God, the end times. Rebus, uh, behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send famine in the land. Not a family of bread, nor a test for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you that farming is in the land already. It's not that it will come. Farming is in the land, but thank God for the remnants. Thank God for those who stick, hold on to the pure word of God may not be popular for them to do that, but there is still the pure word of God, but it's scarce. It's scarce in these end times. The word of God is scarce. Some believers we develop itching ears. The Bible calls it itching ears, 2 Timothy 4 verse 3. Itching ears mean that there are certain things you want to hear. So if you hear something from the pulpit that is contrary to what you expect, then that word is not for you. So that's developing itchy ears. For the time will come. Today we cannot say will come. For prophecy is been fulfilled today. For the time has come when people no longer endure sound doctrine. But after their own loss they heap up to themselves teachers having itchy ears. There are sending messages they want to hear. But honestly speaking, if you come to the presence of God, whether in this congregation or anywhere in the world, please just say, Lord, speak to me. It is just one phrase, one word, that's enough to carry you for the day and possibly the months ahead. Not words you want to hear. You say, Lord, I'm praying. So that the man of God will just speak, you know, comfortably on me in line with what I'm thinking. Is that how to pray? No. Lord, speak to me. Be honest about it. And God will certainly speak to you. Even right now, if you are honest and you're ready to hear from God, I believe He's dropping some words in your heart right now. Knowing the word of God helps us to know the truth and helps us to know when... Church leaders are off track. Oh, the story of many deception in churches, even these last days, that make unbelievers to mock at Christianity. Say, look at them, look at them. All the kind of sin we condemn unbelievers for. You find replica in the church, generally, and it's not supposed to be so. The Bible said the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth. But today, what I was saying, this is the Laodicean church age. So we should take it to ourselves. God is not coming for denominations in the translation, neither is he coming for a congregation in the translation. He's coming for individuals that are ready. If there be one or two or three or ten here in GMI, a praise should be more. And the other believers, they'll be raptured at the same time. It's not saying, oh, this congregation come, this congregation come, this denomination come. No, there's no denomination in heaven. Praise the Lord. So that's all the more reason we need to know the word of God. A lot of deception. You watch a lot of videos on social media. They are true. They are true. They are not fake news. You go to those congregations, you see what is happening there. Unprintable things are happening that so-called men of God do. Why? Because the people, they will not listen to the word of God. They will not study the word of God. If once they say, thus saith the Lord, ooh, who am I? Who am I? Who am I to oppose? But do you know that Satan can give a revelation to somebody and they will tell you God has spoken. Or oh, do you know Satan is even the God of this world? So you say, God, God, God told me it's not so clear and so not so definite. That is the same true God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that is talking. For there be many laws and many principalities and powers. Who can receive revelation from demons and I tell you God has said, God is not good, God will believe whatsoever. It's not supposed to be so. Like the Berean Christian is supposed to search the word of God to find out if this thing really is so. So out of their mind, they will prophesy and say, God said, not where they lie in it. But those who are not discerning, those who are not familiar with the word of God, they kindly be deceived. In other words, just for your benefit, there are three sources of prophecies or dreams or revelations. Your mind, your mind, your own mind, out of the much of business is purposely established, you know, all dreams come. So, your mind, you can just imagine something, and if you say, God said, you have something deceiving people, God, because God has not said. On the other hand, you can receive direct revelation from the devil, Lucifer, Satan. And because you are an angel of the devil, you come and tell people don't say the Lord. That deception, the people will be deceived and called them to do things that are contrary to the word of God. Then, of course, you can receive revelation from God. You don't even take it for granted. You study, line it up with the word of God. Is this true? Is it what this man of God has said? Is it true? Yes. A man of God can't say, look, this is your wife. it's is a witch. For as long as you have this wife, you can never prosper in this life. Have you ever heard things like that? Have you ever heard things like that? Yeah. It happens. Yeah. If you have not heard, I have heard. So they are false preachers. And they still fear into the heart of the people so that they can give them money. No, so that can be special, long prayers. But they will obtain money. That sale of indulgence today in churches he has some money so that I can pray and fast for you. So make sure you know the word of God. Like I told you, the time is fast spent. And those days where they conquered the people of God and you had the clergy and the laity is gone. To us today, God has called us to be priests. We are kings and we are priests unto God. This morning we are just meditating on the duties of priests. In the Old Testament, priests offer sacrifices to God. Of bull, of bullock, of rams, of goats. There were some who did his selection. Oh, this one is fit for offering. This one is not fit for the offering. So they had. And God called. One day, he sanctified the house of Aaron and his children. He said, they shall be priests unto me forever. God calls people into priesthood. Today, we belong to the priesthood of believers. Amen. Amen. We are priests unto God. The sacrifice we offer and the fruit of our lives, the sacrifice of praise. One of the duties of priests also is to tell the people about God. Tell the people about God. And we, as priests and kings unto God, we need to tell people about God. Don't wait for pastors alone to do that. Don't wait for prophets alone to do that or apostles alone to do that because you do not know the Word of God. That's why you think you are exempted from the Great Commission. But it's an error. So study the Word of God so that you know where you stand. You are supposed to be a witness for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Do that and the Lord will back you up. So ignorance of the word of God. Okay, like I said, the, the other duty of a priest, the the, the sacrifice to God, the reconciled people back to God, and intercession, intercessory ministry. We know there are call there are some ministers called intercessory ministry today. And there are some people who believe that oh the ministry God has come into is intercessory ministry. Well and good. But I want to thank tell you that every child of God is supposed to be a part and parcel of that ministry. God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. That ministry, you have the portfolio to reconcile men back to God. Amen? Amen. So let's do that effectively not being ashamed. Be an intercessor. Be somebody who worship the Lord and reconcile men with men back to God. You don't have to be an apostle to do that. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. You are a minister. Every child of God is a minister. What is common to all children of God is that we are ministers of reconciliation? Second Corinthians five verse, uh, twenty there, nineteen to Nineteen to twenty. You get it there. So just get to know that ignorance of the word of God may make something. They can take the mark of the beast when it comes. And it's very impen- depending right now on the forehead or on their right hand. And think that they will just repent after taking it. So that they will be able to live normal life. Revelation 13, 14 to 18. We're going to read it. We don't want anybody to be ignorant. We have a duty to inform one another of what is ahead. Because we're in the end times. Praise the Lord. Revelation thirteen Revelation thirteen from verse Verse fourteen to eighteen. Okay. The Antichrist is coming. Some people don't want to hear about the Antichrist. (laughs) It's just like you don't want to know whether there's a devil. You don't want to talk about the devil. The only want to talk about jesus and in the process you can be deceived because you don't know you have an adversary you don't have an enemy he's the enemy of christians he's the enemy of god and we should know his tactics and know how to overcome him now the antichrist is coming if you say oh antichrist but in the bible days there were antichrist there were antichrists plural and there will be the antichrist at the end it's just like all of us. I'm the son of God. Do you doubt that? I'm the son of God. But I'm not the son of God. So there is the Antichrist that's coming in the end time, and he will not be so addressed in the world. Sweet Christians that use that terminology. But when the man of sin, the man of deception comes, he will deceive the world with peace, 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 as if he a peacemaker, peace broker to the whole world. And we deceive the people with deception. So verse 14, And he, that's the Antichrist, he deceived them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in sight of the people. Even the Antichrist will perform miracles. So it's not everything that's supernatural that is from God Almighty. But if you don't have the word of God, you think it's everything supernatural is from God but in this case it's not from God. Which he have power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which he, which uh, had the wound by a sword and did live. Yes, verse 15. Revelation 13, verse 15. Okay. And he had power. That power, is it from God? Let's see. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as will not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Verse 16. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand. Take note of those places. Right hand or in their forehead. This is called forehead, his right hand. Any imprinting, any microchipping, Anything, whether it's tattooing, that's aimed and targeted at this place, without which nobody can buy and sell, you don't need to ask any pastor about that. Get to know this scripture, analyze it, because the days are evil. If you don't go in the translation, you are likely to have an encounter with the Antichrist, no doubt about that. Those who will not take the mark, they will be killed. God may protect some, but they will be key for their faith. Of course, they will make heaven. But those who take the mark, what will happen? The Bible says there's no remedy for them. In other words, there is no second chance. Say, oh, you've taken the mark oh, out of ignorance. Oh, sorry, but okay. There's still hope. Pray. God will answer you. Let's read it from the Bible. Let's you think I'm just framing this. Um, Revelation 14 9 to 11. So that's a no go area for all those who love the Lord. That's the fate of those who will take the man. Don't say, oh, I didn't know. Know it now. And I don't want you to be here then. Our prayer is that we will be rapturable when the trumpet sound. Bible says in Luke 21, 36, it says, watch and pray so that you will be accounted worthy to escape all the events of the great relation that's coming upon the world system. So for us to take heed, the Lord has warned us Satan doesn't want people to read or study the book of Revelation. People don't want to read the book of Revelation. They say it's mystery. Oh, it's when you get to heaven, then you begin to study. I wonder who will teach you then. This is the time to know it. God, God has a message for his own people to warn them by the end time. And the message is contained there in the book of Revelation. And yet, for one reason or the other, people don't want to read or study. And Satan deceives people. One reason Satan doesn't want people to read the book of Revelation or even understand this end-time event is that his end is coming. Yeah. Satan has an end. He doesn't want to know that we'll soon be condemned to lake of fire. So he can both have power. Bible says he comes like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He comes like a roaring lion. But if Satan happens to remind you of your past sins of uh, misdeeds, remind him of his future. His future is bleak. You know that his time is short, so he seek to deceive people and others. So that he will not only go to the lake of fire, but many people along with him. This one thing we, we need to know as human beings. Children of God are saved. We have been saved from sin. Satan committed sin. God did not give him a second chance to repent. Get to know that. The D- difference between you and Satan. And fallen angels god did not give me opportunity okay as such and such i will give the opportunity no but human being oh we see it over and over again it still gives up. first chance second chance third chance and all that make use of that all the chances so don't take advantage and be too late if you come too late at the time but this is the time to repent if you have not repented genuinely ask god to come into your life become your personal lord and savior he loves you dearly. amen Number four, live devoted to prayer, a life of prayer. 1 Timothy 2 1 to 2. Say so we should pray for leaders, pray for presidents, pray for people in authority. Pray not only for your needs, but also the need of others. Pray for and with your family members. Intercede for the brethren in distress. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3 tells us. We should pray for brethren, for example, who are being persecuted. Some in prison, on account of the gospel, pray for them as if you are just there with them in the prison. When Apostle Paul was arrested in Acts chapter 12, 1 to 9, we are not reading everything there. You know what the Bible says? The brethren prayed. The brethren prayed earnestly, and God released because of Peter, the prison doors were open on their own accord. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Brother Philip said that the highest office in the church is that of an intercessor. You may take it or add you it or something like that. And do you know that Jesus Christ, the mediator, is still proceeding for you and me today? That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 7, verse 25. That's the word of God. He leads on to still make intercession for us. How much more we that are here, we need to pray for one another. Amen. Pray for your pastors, pray for your leaders. And pastors pray for the members. That's how it is. You pray for me, I pray for you. Amen. Amen. Number five, live walking in God's light. 1 John 1, verse 7. We're in the light. Because God is light. To navigate the end times, we need to walk in the light of God and avoid hidden works of darkness. Ephesians chapter 5, 3 to 5. They are hidden works of darkness. should be very far from us when we walk in the light. Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15-16. Next, 6. Live, leading others to Christ. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How can they believe whom they have not heard? You are the people that God has prepared to reach the unbelieving. So you read that on your own. Romans 10, verse 14. You no, know, we need to tell them. Because we are God's. Messenger. We are God's ambassadors. And we are watchmen. We watch over the souls of other people. We are priests unto God. Amen? Yeah. Luke 16, 27-28 tells us of a rich man who died and he was in torment. His regret, even in torment, was that, oh, he has family members that have not known God. Oh, that God, you just send me back to them so that we can, I can just tell them, God said, look, in the world, there are people who still talk about the word of God. So they will hear from others. You know, that kind of situation. Tragically, it was too late for him to tell anyone about Jesus. That's the man. He had died and gone to torment. Sometimes, when someone dies, we feel guilty. We did not bear witness of the gospel to them. But it shouldn't be so. That's why we should take advantage of every opportunity we have to talk to people. Oh, that person visited me. I was saying to that person and I didn't talk to that person about it. If you cannot talk so much, you can give out a tract, give out literature, Christian literature. You know, just be a witness for Jesus. We should realize we are also light bearers and spiritual watchmen over men's souls. Ezekiel chapter 3, 17 to 21. Next, leave putting our hope in God. Let our hope be in God. The Lord will reward us for what we have done for Him. All the labor you labor for the Lord in the vineyard will reward you. Revelation 22, verse 12 says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. So there is hope for us that what we are doing for the Lord, is going to be reward for it. Amen. Next, leave walking in forgiveness. Maybe I shouldn't talk anymore because the first message was about that. Anyway, just a little bit. Colossians 3 verse 13. Colossians 3 verse 13. What does it say? Let's read it. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Amen. Amen. Yes. yes. Even if we don't tell you, I'm sorry, forgive them. That's God's standard. We're talking about love, 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 love. It's good to qualify this love because there is a filial love, friendship love. Oh, we attended the same college together, so we are friends, you know? We are in the same club together. There's some kind of love you have. Oh, classmates, schoolmates. But in many cases in the Bible, and the one that I really want us to know, the love of God is unconditional love. God's kind of love. Agape love. That's what God wants us to have. It's superior to the other kinds of love. That filial love for your father, for your mother, and all that, that's good. But it's greater than that. Filial love, unconditional love. This is the kind of love that can make us pray for unbelievers and forgive them when they offend us. Even if they don't come if they don't tell us I'm sorry, still forgive them. Amen. Amen. Yes, live walking in forgiveness. Forgive others so that you be forgiven also by God. Live and keep on watching matthew 24 verse 42 says we should be watching believe jesus will surely come again as he promised live every day as if jesus can come for you historically we do know that there are people who have believed for the translation and they are no more with us now their life just ended and they went to the other side live as if today will be your last day, and you'll be in readiness for the coming of the Lord. One day at a time, get prepared to live watching and praying, amen? Amen. And be expectant as well, Hebrews 9.28, tell Lord that we should be expectant of his return. It's not enough to say, oh, Jesus, I love Jesus, he died for me. Maybe it's not coming the next 1,000 years. If you know the signs of the times, you won't be talking about 1,000 years. Live as if it can come any day because the rapture is said translation. It's a sign of Jesus' second coming. Jesus' second coming, the second advent. The translation, Jesus comes for his saints. They go up. In the second advent, Jesus comes with his saints. So there are two different events. One comes before the tribulation. One comes at the end of the tribulation. And by the grace of God, we are going to come with Jesus to do what? To join the Antichrist system. Jules chapter 1 verse 14 tells us that the reason why we are coming with Jesus with the angel to do a job. All these people who are persecuted children of God, now they'll be punished that time themselves. This is not their eternal destination, but during the great tribulation, they have a foretaste of God's anger upon them. Not for you. The great tribulation is not made for you and me. So a time of retribution for those who have hated God and killed God's children mercilessly over the ages. That's a time of reward for them, so to say, beside the white throne judgment. And lastly, live rested. What does that mean? Matthew twenty, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Many of us know this scripture by heart, but the truth is that Jesus says, Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden with all your body. Are you here? Your body carrying a lot of weights right now. Drop there at the feet of Jesus. Right now, drop there at the feet of Jesus because He cares for you. Do not carry all this heavy body. God doesn't want it so. We have the privilege of carrying our bodies at our test and our cares and concerns before the Lord. Amen. Yeah, one son say why worry when you can pray. When you pray, you are saying, Lord, I can't handle this. I hand it over to you. And have faith that God will do it. It may not be instantaneous. Sometimes it can be instantaneous, but it may take time. Have faith in God. Amen. Amen. We are to cast all our cares upon Him for He cares for us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. I repeat that don't worry about anything but pray about everything. Philippians four verse six attempts to carry and bear every everybody can lead us to unnecessary anxiety, sadness, gloominess, and ultimately depression. And that's not our portion in Jesus' name. So, how to live triumphantly in the end times? Just to go through again, very important, number one, live in the love of God, agape love of God. Live by faith, the just shall live by faith. Live knowing the word of God, internalizing is it. for you, It's not for ministers alone. The word of God is for you and me. Live a devoted prayer life, pray for people don't only pray for yourself, but pray for others. Be an intercessor indeed. Jesus Christ Himself is still interceding for you and me today. Leave, leading others to Christ. Be a witness for Jesus. No, don't just satisfy I'm a Christian, ready for heaven. What about your relations? Ezekiel three seventeen to 21 tells us. Leave, putting our hope in God. Put your trust in the Lord that whatever you do for the Lord, He will reward you. And also live walking in forgiveness. Live and keep watching. And then live rested. May the Lord bless this worship in your heart, And may it produce the fruits in your heart. in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I want to pray. Now, not because we're in the end times. Different challenges. Some sickness. I thank God for those wonderful testimonies. There may be some who are going to challenge or the other right now. Just raise up your hand and go to pray. No, whether it's a medical problem. Doctors can give up on anybody's case. But that's not the end of life. It's not over until it is over. When Jesus steps in, things change. Amen. So let us pray concerning medical conditions. Father, in the name of Jesus. You were saved that the stripes of Jesus were healed. Past tense. You took all those strides for us. As many as have this challenge today In their bodies Lord, both here and online Lord, I pray, oh Lord, receive healing Right now in the name of Jesus Your word says, send forth your word and heal them I send forth your word unto them To heal them By the stripes of Jesus, you are delivered Receive your deliverance Receive your healing In the name of Jesus Amen Claim it by faith And it shall be well with you If you have not known jesus this is the best time to reconcile to jesus he loves you dear. he's knocking at the door of your heart say allow me in allow me in say yes to jesus realize you are a sinner and say lord come into my heart forgive all my sin and make me a child of god from today i will serve you i believe you died for me i believe you were buried for me i believe you rose again for me and you are coming back again for me believe this with all your heart and shall be well with you if you made that great confession May the law uphold you. May the law keep you blameless from falling in Jesus' precious name. God bless your hearts.